The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line now, we do have Melanie McFarlane, who is an immigration expert. Um, Good morning, Melanie. Thanks for being back on the program once again. Good morning, Mitchell. Thanks for having me. Well, what a roller coaster year it's been. I mean, I'd imagine that you would have expected to have international students returning long before now. I just saw a post up on uh, from Monash University talking about students coming in from Singapore. So it seems like there's some progress being made, but um, it's, I'm assuming, a lot later than you imagined. Yes, that's right, Mitchell. Um, I mean, goodness me, nearly two years into the pandemic, yes, um, we would have expected students to, to come maybe in July of this year. Um, in New South Wales, I, I know you're there in Victoria, there's always that competition between New South Wales and Victoria. Um, in the last couple of days, we've had the first flight, actually, of the New South Wales pilot program for international students coming in with 250 of them and another 250 expected um, towards the end of December. But with regards to the official border opening date um, that had been announced by the federal government of the 1st of December. That's, of course, now been extended to the 15th of December. And so um, in Victoria, um, I know that the um, state government is, is following that federal line. And so we're not certain yet when the international students will come back into Victoria, including for the pilot programs. But yes, hopefully soon from Singapore. Do you think that Omnicron will affect the situation we find ourselves in or have governments sort of moved on, evolved in their policy settings around dealing with it? Because clearly for the last sort of couple of years, it's been snap the borders shut, keep it locked down and try and get the case numbers down to zero. But it would appear that they're increasingly pivoting away from that strategy into more of a keep the case numbers low, but sort of still have case numbers and don't have too many restrictions. Well, that's right, Mitchell. I do think, you know, I mean, we've heard the Prime Minister in the last month or so announce that, you know, we are going to need to live with COVID, like much of the rest of the world has done. It's only in this South Pacific, this Pacific region, really, Australia, New Zealand, South Pacific, that um, have closed their borders so much to um, the the virus, but other countries have been uh, more realistic about it. And, you know, I understand, yes, we're in Ireland, so we can do it more easily, although you could argue that Great Britain is as well, and they certainly didn't. Um, but, um, uh, but, but, but of course, they're so much closer to, to Europe. But I, the thing is, with Australia, um, it, it, I understand this blanket approach to, to, uh, rest, to protect us and what have you, but I think it's actually starting to suffocate us now, to be perfectly honest. And what I mean by that is um, essentially the economy and just being able to get on with, um, with living. Uh, even driving my son to school at the moment, I'm, I'm noticing that the, the roads are slightly emptier and I, I think people are just are leaving the country right now just to just to get out and get a bit of a breath of fresh air. So I, I just think, you know, with this new variant, that things have changed so much. Most of the country is vaccinated and so on, and that, that appears to have been what the government uh, purported to be a, a solution. So we've got to just get on with things, actually, Mitchell. What do you think about the discussion that you hear from time to time about labour shortages in Australia, particularly in areas like hospitality and um, the issue around international students? Because the suggestion is if we had more international students back, they would fill a lot of vacancies in those workplaces. 
Well, this is the thing, and this is what I mean, you know, when I, I mean that, that our economy is really being impacted because you're, you're starting to see that, uh, that I mean, hospitality has been labelled a, a critical sector during COVID um, and that one of those reasons was to be enable international students to work full-time in the sector uh, because I know that the hospitality associations were really crying out to government to get help um, and students definitely have filled some gaps there. Um, I would say in, in Melbourne, it's a bit problematic now because so many students have been moving to South Australia because they're tired of the lockdowns there mm. um, in Melbourne. And also um, the, 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 the fact that uh, all of these permanent resident pathways have been mentioned and uh, given as possibilities in South Australia, whereas Victoria perhaps doesn't have so many. I think that's changing now with the, um, the strategic, uh, the international education uh, strategy that's been announced recently by government. But nonetheless, it's still, uh, it, it's still impacting. And yes, hospitality, um, IT is another area uh, where it needs um, skilled workers. I have a, uh, a client who's about to lose $600,000 in contracts if he doesn't if he's not able to bring his skilled worker over. So, and, and some of those skilled workers could be international students too. So, so they do go hand in hand actually. The lockdowns must have really affected international students far worse um, because imagine moving to the other side of the world or um, a substantial distance from your home, leaving your family and friends behind and then being locked up, sort of isolated and uh, it must be very hard to then make connections. So I'd imagine they would have really felt that quite acutely, the lockdowns in Melbourne. So you couldn't blame uh, a student for saying, you know, I want to move to South Australia and study there instead. Well, that's right, Mitchell. I think, you know, I mean, we are talking about mental health here and that it has impacted um, students um, significantly. We've noticed that in our practice, you know, we over the last year or, or more, we've actually employed psychologists and uh, counsellors and what have you to, to provide free webinars to students. And I know a lot of the um, organisations such as Study Victoria and so on have, you know, have done as much as they possibly can. It wasn't just about the, the, the shortage of food at times when students couldn't work and support themselves and they had parents overseas whose businesses were impacted as well, so that money couldn't come through to them. It's also about their actual, their, their mental health and it has been absolutely a struggle for many. I mean, Master, by the same token, I absolutely commend international students for their resilience and courage during this time to actually stay put. Um, I mean, many could not leave despite Scott Morrison telling them to do so last April because of the shortage of flights and some even at that time had their country closed to them mm. um, as Australia was to Australians. Yes. So, yes, it has been a big issue, definitely. So in terms of your practice, what's the mood like with these students that you deal with? How do they feel about if they're not in Australia now? How do they feel about coming back to Australia? Are they reticent? Are they worried that they may be locked out of their own country going back? Are they concerned about being caught up in lockdowns um, here? I mean, what's the likelihood, I suppose, of the international education sector rebounding to pre-COVID levels? Well, you know, I'm a born optimist, Mitchell, so I really want to say that, you know, it, it's going to rebound. It's just a matter of time. But the fact is, um, we're going. it's going to take longer than perhaps some other countries that have had their doors open for much longer, places like Canada, the UK and so on. And from our business perspective, we've had to pivot like crazy and send students to other places around the world, such as Canada, Malta, South Africa, can you believe? Um, and um, we have 
for many students overseas now. We've got about 400 uh, in Colombia who um, are wanting to, they, they have wanted to come to Australia, but they're just getting frustrated now because the other issue is some of them, for some of them, their student visas have actually already expired, the ones that were granted. And so to suggest to them that we have to go through the whole process again is a bit tricky. The other thing is that um, despite the government announcing borders opening first of the 1st of December, then the 15th, if you actually try and lodge an application for a student visa, at the moment it's telling you it's going to take seven months approximately to finalise it. Wow. So imagine that and communicating that to your client after they've waited so long. So even mm. if borders are supposedly opening in December, it means that they might not get here till July or what have you. So we've got all of these things and we are having to spend a lot of um, uh, money at a great loss, actually, in order to provide that customer service to our clients and, you know, to really promote continue to promote Australia and say, look, I know this is hard. You've waited so long, but, you know, you're, you can come back. Australia is great. Obviously, Australia is regarded as safe, which is fantastic, but so many are not prepared to wait any longer. How are students reacting to universities pivoting some of their methods of delivery with education? Because I have seen a lot of students talk about the fact that despite uh, lockdown sort of being over, universities are still saying a lot of the classes that you're doing are going to be online. So is there much merit in people flying out to Australia or are they saying, well, actually, I can probably get an education online and maybe stay in my own home country? You're right. Yes, that's true, Mitchell. But, uh, you know, I mean, the whole one of the big things about being an international student is the actual immersive experience of being in the country. So, I mean, I think students, as long as I think these hybrid models will most uh, definitely continue. But I think students are prepared to return as long as they know that there's there's going to be the ability for them to be in the community, um, to be out and about and, and so on. Um, and if some of their lectures and what have you are online, well, that's fine. Perhaps some of them can be face-to-face and over time more and, more and more. But it's all about actually being in the community as well. And of course, that's what international students bring to the economy as well. You know, that diverse vibrant mix in the community but also they have a fantastic and beneficial impact on retail on hospitality on tourism um and so on and so forth you know bringing their parents here uh, who make fantastic tourists because they stay longer term um and so on so yes i think you know there there is i i don't think i don't see that as too much of a negative because i think it's almost a worldwide phenomenon and that's what students are starting to kind of settle uh, actually. Well, thank you very much for being on the program. I suppose we're all hoping for a brighter 2022. Do you have any predictions on what you think 2022 might look like? Or are you saying no, uh, given um, the last two years, we don't predict anything in this industry anymore? (laughs) Well, you know, I'm always very positive. And I mean, I think, you know, the great thing is we've had students come back already into New South Wales. I don't think it's that far off in Victoria. You know, slowly but surely, we will rebuild. And, And next year, I do envisage a lot more students coming back in, skilled workers too. Um, it's going to be, I, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be more more positive than perhaps this year and last. <laughs> Excellent. Look, thanks for being on the program. We appreciate you uh, coming in for a few regular updates on the situation and we'll see how it plays out next year, but we hope to speak to you again next year. No problem. Thanks very much, Mitchell. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Immigration expert Melanie McFarlane with us there having a look at uh, the international student market and how it's been an incredible upheaval. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. 
Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's front page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.